Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post Royal Rumble review episode of the By God Wrestling Podcast. Uh, if you cannot already guess, this podcast will contain significant spoilers for the 2016 Royal Rumble, so and the Raw following probably a bit as well. So, like, if if you haven't seen those, don't. I haven't listen. seen Raw yet. Shit. Do you know roughly what happens? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, it's fine. same thing every week, isn't it? Yeah, Proxy. Oh, it's so fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> like, this week's is dreadful, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, with that said, I am your host, Chris Lutzkin. Joining me this week is the wrestling mastermind, Colin Bass. Hello, Colin. Yeah. And the wrestling historian, Peter Chapman. Say hello, Peter. Hiya. Uh, and we're going to break down the 2016 Royal Rumble. So one final spoiler warning. Uh, and then I will say, I guess it's time to play the game. Um, obviously, Triple H came out of this as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Was anyone really that surprised? No. Colin, yeah. it was like it was a pretty known possible outcome. Like It um, was. I don't feel like there were really any surprises in this. No. I Well, sure. Styles was a small surprise. Like, uh, just, I don't know. In, in, uh, the, in the sense that like we knew that he was coming. Like, we knew he was going to come to well it's almost certain he was coming to wwe and it was like i think it was just a bit of a toss-up as to whether they debut him in the rumble or maybe like on the next night on raw just yeah. which way they'd go um i think that was a bit of a toss-up uh and obviously we'll break down the rumble match in more detail later um and i've got i've got some small booking alterations that we've done to that match to really improve it uh and i the think the royal rumble match itself yeah, I, I would have, there's there's a couple oh, yes. of people and also the winner that I would have booked very slightly differently. Um just because they would have set up better storylines in my opinion and a better long term situation for the company. Um but before we get to all of that, we have to talk about the uh does anyone care about the pre match show? Because I didn't watch it. I watched it, it was uh pretty shit. Yeah. Like, um, actually, I think that might have been the biggest surprise I had of the evening was who won that match. Oh, yeah, because it was Mark Henry and who was he with Titus? Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger, oh, yeah. Jack Swagger did fuck. They even did anything, actually, in the match, to be fair. No, well, it was a complete waste because this was a qualifying match. Yeah. Um, And it was Mark Henry and Jack Swagger against da- Darren Young and Damian Sandow, which was a weird Given that choice. Titus O'Neil was there as well. Yeah, it's just a bit strange. I think they really just don't know what to do with Darren Young. Damien Sandow got a huge pop, and yeah, the crowd were chanting for him the whole match. Um, awesome. And also against the Dudley Boys and the Ascension. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of expecting the Dudley Boys to win that. Yeah, you would. Oh yeah, well, I think prediction. I think the reason that Mark Henry has won it is because it's probably going to be his last Rumble. So, but he, he only spent thirty seconds in the match. Yeah, but at least he was in it. You know, like he was there. Yeah, and he botched the ending of the match that he won in the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Jack Swagger had uh, Bubba Ray Dudley half out of the ring in the Patriot Lock. Yeah. And Mark Henry came in. I think, was it? I can't remember who was lying on the floor. Uh, Connor, I think. Yeah, it was either Connor or Victor was basically flat out in the middle of the ring. And Mark Henry came in, obviously supposed to pin them, and went to try and pin Bubba Ray instead. And Jack Swagger was like, what the fuck are you doing? I've got his foot here. And then there was a bit of confusion, and then Mark Henry sort of very obviously realised that he mm. was supposed to be doing something different. 
yeah. it was just a bit of a mess at the end. That is, it was weird. But then they completely uh, wasted the both of them, Henry and Swagger, were just completely throwaways in the Royal Rumble match. And that sort of speaks to a, a larger problem that I had with the Royal Rumble match in general. But we'll get to that. I uh, yeah, there were uh, there are a lot of issues I had with the Royal Rumble match. Well, not a lot. I actually I thought it was a fairly good match overall. Um, but anyway, Kevin Owens um, loses to Dean Ambrose for the IC belt in what I thought was a fantastic last man standing match. As predicted. They, they both went out there. They both put it all on the line. They gave everything they had. Um, I liked that they didn't go gimmicky with it because you quite often get the last man, particularly when John Cena's involved. Last man standing matches often involve someone like pinned under a crate or something. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. was a proper traditional, you are down because I beat the living hell out of you match. And they both did take a beating. Yeah, they did. And they sold that in the Rumble match quite well as well, I thought. It was the best, I th- yeah, and on Raw the next night, Kevin Owens yeah, came Kevin out. Yeah, Kevin Owens came out, like, Dean Ambrose was looking beat up on Raw as well. Um, I think Kevin Owens is fantastic. Yep. I, I may have mentioned this once or twice. Yeah, okay. Um, I think Dean Ambrose is also very good, but I don't think Dean Ambrose has been at the top of his game for a couple of months, and I think this match brought that out of him again. He was fabulous in this match. He was I so good. was the best so, I've seen so Dean Ambrose good. do for so a couple good. of months. Um, like, and this match gave way to my moment of the night as well. Uh, what was your moment of the night? Uh, it was Dean Ambrose hitting Kevin Owens with a chair and then propping him up in the corner and Kevin Owens screaming, I hate you. Yeah, and that was Dean Ambrose great. screamed, I hate you. That was, it was brilliant. That was so good. It just took it from being a series yeah. of moments of like big spots to being, well, yes, actually now this means something to them. Yeah. It sort of brought emotion back into it. And that's something really that did. even Kevin Owens, I don't think, has done particularly well. Yeah in his matches but, but it started to tell the story again and that was really smart yeah and there, there were just a couple of points where it was so um so visceral where they were just both coming at each other mm-hmm. it was great like it was just and it went back and forth nicely the um i actually didn't think once we, you got a little way into the match i didn't think any of the 10 counts were like obvious false finishing um like all of them you like anytime they had a false finish it was at a point where you're like, yes, they could realistically lose the match here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I particularly liked the um, the cannonball through the barricade, although I don't think they should have shown, because they show a second angle in the replay and it's so obvious that Kevin Owens misses him, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't like. Like That was my only minor quibble, um, but, which is just a production thing. I'm like, just don't show that angle. Because of what eh, weird production things. This was yeah, yeah it was a bad show. Like it's that. a really a lot of the direction and a lot of the camera angles were well off. Um, Kevin Dunn mm. really kind of screwed that one up. And last so, night. so the there fi- was a story that half their uh, production yeah. crew was stuck in New York, which but, would explain a lot. But but surely, see, to me that surely that, the actual yeah direction. Absolutely, yeah. The director. I mean, the number much. of times during the match that they cut to Roman Reigns lying on the floor doing nothing. Yeah. And there's loads of stuff going on in the ring. Show us that. Because the thing was, like, if half your production crew's there, I understand, uh, sorry, not there, I understand, like, okay, well, you've got less camera angles to play with and maybe some of the visual presentation isn't going to be quite as polished and that's fine. But, like, just go basic. Like, uh, inf- make less camera angle changes. Keep it as simple as you can. Um, yeah, I think for me the the bigger issue was that they made bad decisions, not that they yes they were did they did they made very, they made very bad decisions a lot of times. They had a couple of choices to make and they made the wrong choice. They don't show the AJ Styles Titantron video. 
What's going yeah. on with that? Well, who like that in is probably by far the biggest production miss of the entire night, um, and it's huge. It's yeah, absolutely the, the, the huge. The crowd knows who it is. Massive pop, and yeah. we still don't know. Yeah, because it's just Robin Reed's face. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. There's a lot of strange decisions. If if anything, what they should have actually shown is just cut the video into the feed like they do with the Wyatt's entrance. Um, that would have been good, or close-up shot on the Titan Tron would have been good. But just to show like Reigns' face is completely pointless. Yeah, and there's a lot of just weird camera work as well. It's a lot more shaking than usual at parts yeah. of the night. It was just a weird, weird presentation. Yeah. So I, to be honest, my first port of call would be to sack Kevin Dunn and start again. But they're not going to do that. No, they're not realistically. No. Yeah. Um. What else do I like in this? Oh, I as you were saying, Peter, like it, it wasn't just the I hate you. I just loved Owen's very vocal frustration throughout the whole, ma- whole match. Like particularly when he was just screaming in, like, why won't you stay down? Like, just stay down. That was a brilliant point. My yeah. favourite moment was where they killed Michael Cole. Yes. Yeah, He's thrown over and it pulls him down and this keeps clawing at his face yeah, to grab his glasses very deliberately breaks his glasses, which is such a dick move. I know. It's great. Uh, what I really liked in this was that when Owens hits a pop-up powerball, yeah. that's when the crowd is most shocked that Ambrose gets up, which yeah. kind of shows you how impactful yep. they built that, that move to be. Um, I really liked the finish as well. I thought that was great. Where like it, it was a very classic swerve where you've got Kevin Owens setting up to pretty much kill Dean Ambrose by like putting him through a stack of chairs from the top rope. And then Ambrose managed to rally and pushes him off the turnbuckle through the, the two stacked tables. I thought yeah. that worked well as a, as a finish. And I'd I like, forgotten the tables were there as well. I like the way that they let that finish. It obviously be quite a spectacular finish because he went through two tables. But yeah. it wasn't the huge, big, spectacular, like, superplex off the top rope through two tables. Yeah, it just worked really it well. Was it was like what, a last act of desperation. Yeah, I was say, it's, it's a complete desperation manoeuvre and that's why it works. Because it that it the fact that it is just I've got nothing left I'll just try this yeah is perfect uh it's, it just worked so well I think the only thing that would have been better is maybe uh calling black uh, calling back to the cinder blocks from the Seth Rollins feud but the only way you do that is if you're going to write someone off TV mm-hmm. um and they don't want to do that with either of these guys um, well they haven't got enough people left from no. TV have they so. that's the problem um but yeah this probably match the night. Or actually, no, easily match the night, um, and was just excellent. I think so. Um, anything else we want to say on this? Uh, no, just to reiterate one more time that Kevin Owens is fantastic. Yeah, he was very, very good in this match. Very, very, very good, and very good in the Royal Rumble as well later in the night. Just so vocal and his performance in the ring, not necessarily his athletic performance, but his actual acting performance, I think, yeah. is just nobody yeah. else is as good as him. That's minute. very true. Um, Colin, any other points or are we good? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, next up, we had the um, New Day retain their tag titles against the Usos. Um, I liked the the Woods unveiling uh, Francesca too at the start of the match. I thought that was quite uh, funny. Yeah, but the illusion that he has sex with a trombone is... That was kind of weird. A bit of Yeah, weird. that was kind of weird. But it was also classic kind of New Day comedy. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm a little bit concerned about is that the New Day does their classic New Day comedy every single week. 
And it's always basically the yeah. same thing. And it's funny, but it's getting a little bit old. And but they need to change it up a bit. I will say, on the other hand, they went like toe for toe with The Rock in a promo on Raw. And if you can do that, I don't yeah. think you're going to get stale anytime soon because you've got to have, if you're going to go up against the rock in a promo and equal him, like yeah, the I only way think... you, you've got the ability to stay fresh. I, think. I don't think they're necessarily going to go stale with their performance. I think just the crowd will be less interested because they see it every week. Well, and no, I think they my... need a new storyline angle to make that oh, well, I, I interesting. Think that, I think that's going to happen. But I, my broader point is like they, they clearly have the ability to, to improvise and yeah. to keep changing things up. Xavier um, Woods is a genius. Yeah. Well, it's just all three of them working together is just fantastic. I think, yeah, I think they all are very good and obviously quite natural and have like very natural with each other. Hmm. But I think that it, a lot of the humor seems to stem from Xavier Woods. Yeah. Well, so like Xavier Woods was on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast recently uh, and was saying that basically when he was in NXT, he had this huge list of like just stupid wrestling ideas that obviously no one's going to let you do in NXT because there's no budget. Yeah. And he came up to the main roster and he like pitched a couple of them, like the trombone, just randomly. Um, and apparently, if you had to WWE, if you do, if you just pitch ideas to creative, you're like, oh, could we use a trombone? And they'll be like, yes. And you arrive at the arena and there's a trombone there. Yeah. <laughs> like that's insane. Once you start getting the crowd reaction, creative will basically let you do what you want. Yeah. From all the accounts that i've heard yeah and that's what they've got they've got the crowd behind them so if they ask for something they're getting it yep. at this point the only if thing they want be- to hold a funeral for a trombone <laughs> they get that apparently because they are so good there was booing for the usos yes that is, is kind of the problem but i also think the usos have been very one-dimensional since they were quite one-dimensional originally but they're even more one-dimensional now yeah i don't think that's their fault though either i think again that's a creative problem no but they've got the um almost the exact same problem that Roman Reigns has is they're trying to fit them into such the classic um, baby face mold mm-hmm. that it just makes them deeply uninteresting. Yep. Cause they're just playing off as such a classic baby face team that it's a bit dull. Uh, and they were more fun before they, before um, was it Jimmy got injured? Yeah. Uh, Jay oh, got injured. Yeah. Before Jay got injured. Um, they were, they were much more entertained then I felt. Uh, yeah, I think maybe my issue is actually that this feud has run its course. It has, and this feud has run its course about eight months boring. ago. Yeah. Um, but then I don't see what else they can do unless they bring up more tag teams from NXT, which has a surplus of awesome tag teams. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I, I think they the New Day could work well with the Vaude villains. I think it would be quite interesting. Uh, I think they could work well with anyone who's in the, the title picture, like Enzo and Big Cass. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see Enzo incredible. and Big Cass. On a microphone in a ring with that, that it would just be insane. It would be absolutely fabulous. Um, I mean, potentially, although it looks like they're like more likely to go to NXT first. But if they bring Doc Gowers and Kevin and uh, Ke- uh, Anson, what's his first name? Is it Kevin? Carl? Carl Anson. That's it. If they bring Doc Gowers and Carl Anson in. Um, if they brought those up to the main roster, they'd be good because they give you a different dynamic as kind of bigger guys. Which there are, uh, apart from the Wyatts, there aren't really any big guys in the tag division at the minute, and the Wyatts aren't really in the tag division. So I think that would be interesting to run with. Um, I think there's definitely possibilities that they can go with, um, and and I'd like to see that. Uh, I did think this match was kind of average, really. Like it didn't, it was nothing spectacular. Xavier Woods was obviously very good and very entertaining, 
beyond that. It was decent, but it was the same match we've seen yeah. a dozen times now. Uh, the only thing I did like, and I know he's been doing it before, but I do like Xavier Woods using the microphone on the end of his trombone and just shouting into that. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. the, and also the fact that that's clearly hooked up to the arena PA, yeah. so that he's just shouting stuff to the crowd. It's great. Uh, and I think that, like, I think that's something that he worked out before anybody else in the arena did. Yeah. And also his uh, continued interactions with commentary, yep. well, particularly with Michael Cole, basically, is great. Also, do you see Big E just like sniffing JBL's hat? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, that stinks and putting it back down. So weird, but I loved it. Um, I did like the ending, the unseen tag from Big E, and he catches um, one of the Usos off the top into the big ending. I thought that was quite a nice spot. It worked well. Yeah. I just, uh, there's just nothing interesting. No, there's nothing in this interesting. Anymore. And the thing is, yeah. they, they've got to bring someone up because there's no one interesting for them to work with at the minute. No. Uh, Los Matadores is actually dead now. No one cares. I hope so. Oh, no. <laughs> they're um, they're keeping him off TV. The, 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 the theory, at least, from, from what I've heard, is they're keeping them off TV long enough so they can turn them heel. But they turned them heel. No, they, but like... They, they killed uh, their own bill. Or... Or bring them back like, without the masks or something like that. They're basically keeping off TV for a while... So they can come back refreshed. Yeah, they should. Just give them a new gimmick. Hmm. Let them do something else. Give them new characters, even a whole new thing. And yeah, just let them come fine. back. Well, I mean, that's the good thing about the masks is you can just work something different with them. Um, Wyatt promo was the next bit. I really like this promo. I actually thought it was probably the best promo Bray Wyatt's cut in a while. It was very direct, very to the point, very intimidating, and was much more um, reminded me a lot more of like his original promos when he first arrived. Yep. Um, and I just really liked the whole, like the whole feel to it, and it really built up their presence in the Royal Rumble match. I'm a little bit concerned that they keep referring to themselves as the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse because I think it's apt for a confusion there. Yes, I guess so. Unless it does just turn to a feud with the Four Horsemen. <laughs> uh, do you think Arn Anderson's up for it now? They just they would, they would murder Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair would just die. <laughs> Just crumple into a pile of blood. Um, yeah, Bray Wyatt just... dies best when he's actually focused and not just cutting a promo for the sake of cutting yeah. a promo. and that's why I so, thought yeah. this really worked. I think that's been an issue for him, is yeah. that he is so good at promos that they've, so many times over the past year, really, they've gone, uh, we need a promo, get Bray Wyatt. And yeah, he doesn't yeah. know what he's cutting a promo on. Yeah. They do that basically with anyone that can cut a promo. They did it with Punk, they did, they did it with Rollins, just, uh, we need a promo here. Yeah, or and put the, in them. Here, promo, here it is. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Really. Here, I guess it's it, the curse of having an extra hour to fill on mm. Monday nights, isn't it? But what's genius yeah. here as well is that they're not. He's not in a storyline, but just because he's got such a clear target, it works perfectly. Yeah. Like we're the Wyatts, we're going to dominate the Royal Rumble. Everyone else should run the fuck away, and it works. I really like that closing as well, where he just says "run." run. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and he's used that before, but it kind of lacked the impact in here because it was just so perfect with the rest of the promo yeah. um where it wasn't talking about like his weird philosophical ramblings that he quite often has this was just a very direct to the point we're gonna fuck you up well it's good that they're letting him appear strong again yeah well i, I mean he's based they're in a feud with brock lesnar now right that's where they've gone they're like yeah they, they have to. the whole white family's funeral brock lesnar that's going to be brock lesnar's wrestlemania feud and i think that works a lot better than the undertaker because he's got the white family with him and he's got the Wyatts, he's got four of them, and I think it works better than the recent Undertaker feud because it's not like a weird thing. 
it's like the cold supernatural power things. This is just like we're we're the Wyatts. We're gonna fucking kill you, and it's great. It's perfect, um, and it also gives Brock Lesnar like a legitimate opponent. I feel because his opponent is not Bray Wyatt. His opponent is the entire Wyatt family, and also they've basically taken him out twice now, mm-hmm. and that's great. Like that's great. We are- approaching the time when Brock Lesnar has to put somebody else over. Yeah, he might well do. I could see him putting... If he puts Bray Wyatt over, that that establishes Bray Wyatt, which he sorely needs. Yes. Uh, Kalisto defeated Alberto Del Rio for the US title. Alberto Del Rio is incredibly bland, I feel. Yeah, he's the creator wrestler default. There's so little to him. It's, he is the same person he was when he debuted in 2011 as an exact same feud. He, yep. He's only had one feud yep. and it's been with a Mexican. In a, mask. a small Mexican who a... calls a dog. Yep. And like, well, I suppose at least that... it's not the racist feud that the WWE usually does with Mexicans. Yeah, yeah yes, that's but he did that for about four years with Mysterio and they have just switched Mysterio out for Kalisto mm. and it's the same thing. But, yep. but Kalisto is... Much better than old man Rey Mysterio, who doesn't yeah. have any knees left. Yeah, that's very true. Also, I loved Kalisto's look in this match. Like, uh, has he been wearing the white gear before? No, I've not he seen it. Had the, was it white or silver? Silvery and white. white kind of color. Yeah, that was. Um, I thought that looked really good. I gear. thought his ring gear was great, but his yeah. entrance gear was ridiculous. I know. I kind of liked his entrance gear as well. I thought it was cool. Big weird shoulder pads. Like yeah, it was I liked it. Again. Um, I always do think that like the weird tail thing he's got in his mask just looks really inconvenient. Yeah, it does. It just it looks like it's just asking for like a heel to grab it and yank him to the floor every time I see that. Um, well, he does have problems with a mask sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah, you see him adjusting the mask. Yeah, I know. Lot. It's just weird. It's it's a weird thing. Don't know. Um, uh, I did. Oh, one of the, th- the only thing I really like about Del Rio though is Del Rio's top rope in Zaguri is fucking insane. Every time he hits it, it just looks ridiculously awesome. Uh, yeah, it's okay, but I would still rather lose that like two second spot. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it, it's like the best in Zaguri in the WWE right now. Um, yeah. Did you see it like the other week when he hit it off the announce table? That looked awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. just a problem as who's doing it. Yeah, like, I, I know he's completely uninteresting, but I just really like that spot. But um, despite that, I thought this was a really good match. I enjoyed it. There was a few blown spots where they just completely ruined yeah. things. Like Kalisto, I think he was going to jump on the back of Del Rio and then do a yeah. destroyer, but end up landing on his own head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Stuff. he recovers perfectly, is what's incredible. Well, yeah, because he should have broken his neck. Yeah. Well, um, so... I thought it was a good match, apart from those couple of what born spots. Yeah, I mean, but... some, someone did point out on um, on Reddit, it's like, that's a weird point in the match to put that spot, because you know that you've got a guy who's shirtless, he's probably going to be very, very sweaty by that point in the match. Maybe don't be using him as a base, you know? Like, Del Rio's clearly going to have a sweaty back. You're going to slip off. Don't put that spot there. Put that spot early in the match, and it'll still look cool, but you won't fall off. I don't know. Mm. Um, do we think this is going to go to fast lane? Uh, I hope not. No, I hope not. No. Do you think he's uh, going to get someone else? Kalisto and Del Rio have had good matches, but I, I, I don't care. I think Kalisto could be doing some some cool little things in the mid card. 
I would I would rather they um have one blow off on Raw or and I wouldn't even mind if it's a blow off on Fastlane really because Fastlane's such a nothing pay per view and then he's got like six weeks to build into WrestleMania and build a new US title feud into WrestleMania and that would be much more interesting. I'd like to see him do the John Cena US Open thing. I think he could do that. I think he works well because it works well for a face champion. Um, and he has uh, if I think he just needs to put this to bed with Del Rio. I think it needs a blow off because otherwise it's going to feel a bit weird because they just traded wins and losses. Yeah. Uh, if and Kalisto needs to get like two wins in a row just to cement it. I feel. Um, uh, what else? Oh, the other thing I liked about this, and this was a uh, in the tag match as well. Um, they had actually a couple of rope breaks tonight, and it was in the um, I think it was in in the women's match as well. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. I liked the use of rope breaks because it's such it's a very small psychological thing. It's a bit strange that they've gone back to rope breaks for I, having your foot under. But the I'm on board with it. I've, I have think because it, it helps protect finishers because you're not you're not kicking out of a finisher. Yeah. You're just well, like those, I couldn't I mean, kick yeah. out, but I could just get my leg under the rope. I just had enough strength to do that, and it helps to sell the finisher. At the risk of sounding like a complete idiot, those are the rules. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to see them actually. Yeah, I mean by that's the thing, right? Like. I know it's fake and it's all a work, but you're meant to have rules. That's kind of that's why that that's kind of why the whole thing comes together is because there is this implication that there is a rule set and someone knows what it is. That's why you have a referee. Yep. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, the women's match. I thought this was pretty good. Um, Charlotte defeating Becky Lynch. Um, it had the weird, weird spot where Ric Flair kisses Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was I'm just not, creepy. That was fucking weird. Not comfortable weird. with that at all. That was fucking weird. But yeah. this got the best promo package of the night. It got like that amazing promo package beforehand. It bigged it up as a big fight feel. And because the Royal Rumble was like, although it was for the title, it was um, it kind of was still like, it's the Royal Rumble more than it being about the title. You know, like all the build up to it was still mm-hmm. very much, it's the Royal Rumble stuff. Um, so this kind of felt like it was the lead singles match tonight. It kind of was built as the a proper co-main event, and it had that very much a big fight feel to it, and I really appreciated it. It's probably the best developed storyline and match on the card. Yeah, it yes. was great. The past few months of this, and Becky Lynch is probably the, the most bit well-developed babyface character on the roster. Yeah. Uh, Everyone she's ever trusted has betrayed her, yeah. and she's now fighting against her former friend. Mm. Oh, I do want... Her, so... She's the most believable and most, uh, I'd guess, not respectable. You know what I mean? Sympathetic yeah, character absolutely. that you could find on the roster at the moment. Um, I really want Becky's coat. <laughs> like, I just really liked Becky Lynch's coat that she came in. Like, that was awesome. Are you cold? It's just, it was a good-looking coat, man. That was a cool coat. Well, if it's made to the same quality as a ring gear, which kept falling off and busting open. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the fuck was up with her shoes. Like... like why did she have weird shiny boots on that kept falling apart? Yeah, well, just her leg things kept falling off, didn't they? And it was odd. Her, the middle of her ring gear was bursting open around her belly. Yeah, just very didn't odd. Look comfortable. Um, the other problem I had with this match, uh, I thought it was a decent match, but I think, and I can understand why it went this way, but I think that the wrong person won because I would very much have liked to have seen a Sasha Banks-Becky Lynch feud going into WrestleMania. I think the only reason that um, Becky Lynch loses is to set it up as a triple threat. Because I hope so. It has to be, because Charlotte's heel and Sasha's heel, so you need a face in the program. So it's going to be Becky Lynch, and it will be Becky Lynch doing the classic, 
like you didn't beat me clean thing um and like rick flair throwing his fucking coat on becky lynch like his suit jacket that was a weird spot i yeah and also, I i'm not quite i'm not quite sure why it distracted her because she still had the armbar locked in i feel a little bit bad about rick flair's involvement in this i don't think I think it's working for the development of the storyline, but I think it it's a little bit embarrassing to have Ric Flair out there doing stupid shit like that. But what I liked about it is they teased a tiny bit at a Charlotte face turn because she had the look of confusion on her face that she'd won for a minute and kind of like, did my dad help me? And then she was given the belt and she was like, oh, I got the belt. It's all fine. Uh, yeah, well, that's quite nice. sort of starting to tease towards her and Rick splitting. Yeah. Because it, it's because you know they could do the classic like, Eric, like Rick Rick will do the classic everything you've got you got because of me bit, blah 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 blah, and that's how they'll turn Charlotte face. I just hope this is how they bring Hulk Hogan back into the company. No, nope. no, bring him out, handcuff Ric Flair to the ropes, and let him whip Charlotte nope. with his belt. No, nope. they cannot bring Hulk Hogan <laughs> back. It's never gonna happen now. No, like, never. They expunged him from the Hall of Fame. Uh yeah. I think I think he'll be back. I think it'll just be a bit of time. If yeah, they... I think he'll be back. But I think that if Charlotte splits with Ric Flair, it'll only make her a bigger heel. Because oh. even though even though Flair is the the heel in this, he's, he's never going to be in the eyes of most fans. Yeah, to be fair, everyone kind of loves Ric Flair. Yeah, so if if Charlotte is a complete dick to her dad, it's only going to get her more hate. No, but but it'll be the way. It'll be Flair will be a complete dick to her, and that's why she'll separate. Uh, because, because, like I say, Flair, Rick, Rick Flair will do the classic. Like, I've been helping you in your matches. You've won these matches because of me. Like, you cannot do this on your own. And then Charlotte will turn face because she wants to prove she can do it on her own. And she'll do it without being a dick to her dad because they need to build her as sympathetic rather than someone who hates an old man. I think <laughs> Charlotte, yeah, fair enough. I think Charlotte's better off as a heel. But she I is think she is, but I think they'll turn disappoint- I've still disappointed with her since coming mm. to main roster. I thought this was a good match, but there's always potential there yeah. to be great, and they'd never get near it. Uh, I really I... hope that they do involve Becky Lynch in this ongoing feud somehow, because obviously Sasha Banks is going to come in, and that's the right decision, because she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm so I happy that, that Sasha's Sasha back. Banks got when she came out. That's it was it. ridiculous. That's insane. It was so good as well. Um, and I love that they did like the little Mean Girls thing from NXT, yeah. And then Charlotte's walking away and Sasha's like, oh no, fuck you. Knees to the back, into the bank statement. Uh, and then Charlotte basically no-sells the bank statement, which was kind of weird. Yeah, a little bit. Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte kind of like is in pain for a minute and it's like, ah, it's fine, I got my belt. See you later. Oh, she didn't tap out either. She didn't tap out. And then she was down for like another 30 seconds. Uh, and then she was like, ah, I'm good. Uh, they it also was... the, the other thing talk about the production issues again from we were talking about earlier. Um, no, the, that's the finish. They they well no, but they also missed um, post match Becky Lynch sitting against the announce table sobbing, and they missed that. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's, I mean it's... NXT women like to cry a kind of weird amount, but it was still like that was they should still have had that in there. It well, that important. was the moment from the NXT feud with Becky Lynch or with Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. That yeah. was the moment that made Becky Lynch. Yeah, for I a lot of people. Yeah, I kind of like missing that is criminal. Um, it's really, it's really confusing how they've missed so much. It, you can't blame on the production issues. It's just incompetency. Really. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I, for the whole night, I just thought whoever is directing this is an absolute idiot. 
Because he obviously has a bank of monitors in front of him and he's telling them when to cut to which cameras. And he's yeah. just doing it all at the wrong time. Yeah. It feels like they just didn't have a run through of like a lot of spots. It mm-hmm. just felt like there was no rehearsal. Which is weird. Because um, normally, like, I don't always like their production, but it is normally very tight. Like, they normally are doing exactly what they need to be doing and what they want to be doing, even if I don't necessarily like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're still hitting the beats they need to be hitting, and that was just not true of the Rumble at all. Um, and this is like one of your big four pay-per-views of the year. You have to get it right. No one gives a shit if you get it wrong at TLC. No one fucking watches it. But if you get it wrong at the Royal Rumble, that's a big deal. Uh, right, I'm talking about that. It's the Royal Rumble match. That was the main event. I thought the promo for it was kind of weird. It just still felt like it was just normal Royal Rumble. It didn't really feel like they were bringing up the fact the title was on the line that much. They just did like the average kind of Royal Rumble by the numbers type thing. Uh, yeah. That and they kind of always do. Like like me, if you've been watching past Royal Rumbles for the past three weeks, um, you're kind of sick of that promo because they do it every yeah. year. I actually thought the the one that they, the promo they used to open, the video package that opened the entire show was much better with all the, um, all the, the, the wrestlers done as kind of like CGI um, stone figures. Yeah, like marble statues. Marble statues. That really worked for me. But <clears throat> this video package just didn't, it was so average. Like that's the video package you slam in the middle of the night. Just slam it in like two matches earlier to be like the Royal Rumble's coming later. Here's the Royal Rumble by the numbers, and then you can have a different video package before the actual match. Um, that does more of the kind of uh Roman Reigns element of it because there there's because there's not normally much of a storyline going into the Rumble, whereas this year there was a big storyline to deal with. So well, they did do a lot of the one versus all stuff, but it was. But like you say, it was tied into the numbers. Yeah, it just kind of didn't work for me. Um, Also, it's interesting that we started with the end of last year's Rumble, Mm -hmm. which is presumably because it's still ongoing because Curtis Axel, you know. (laughs) Yep. Um, But yeah, I I kind of like that he quickly wiped Rusev out. I thought that was cool. And it was also nice that they, although they wipe, he takes Rusev out almost immediately. Yeah. that you still get Rusev coming back later in the night and declaring himself the TV champion, obviously. That was a whole thing. Very impressed with that. Um, although that was entirely only on social media. Have you guys seen this? No. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, Ru- Rusev basically went... myself yeah, it's amazing. walked away from the monitor. Yeah, Rusev, like Rusev walked away from the monitor and then tweeted later... Um, he, was, he tweeted something to like Lana being like, you told me to take what I want, so I took a TV monitor and now I'm the TV champion. <laughs> I did think that was quite funny when he I, just stole the TV. And monitor. then also after Raw, he stole a monitor again at the end of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> just just walked away again with a TV monitor, and you're like, "Yeah, Rusev, I'm aboard. I like it. It's pretty solid." It's like it's like Del Rio goes over to him, like tries to like slap out his hand or something. Like uh, Rusev <laughs> had just seen this and said, "I'm having it." Yeah, it's yep. great. It's, it's, I'm having this. So fucking weird as well, but it's brilliant. I um, love Rusev. But it was, it's weird. Ray, I thought Reigns was starting to make headway with a large bit of the crowd, but he was getting booed. He got booed night. so heavily. He was, but I th- think. Th- this that... is a really smarky crowd, the Royal yeah. Rumble always yeah. is. But even then, I was. I thought that he had won over a bigger portion of the audience than he had. I think he has. Yeah. I think that Roman Reigns' whole reputation at the minute with the crowd is on a knife edge in that they do like him, but they don't like that he's the one always getting the push. So when 
he came out in the Royal Rumble, it seemed so obvious to the sort of slightly more casual fans than we would be that Roman Reigns was going to win it. It was just being set up for him to win. And I think that they don't like that. Yeah, I completely agree. But I mean, at the start of Raw, Triple H did his whole bit at the start of Raw tonight. I've only seen the first half hour and he came out and talked about being the champion again. And he got the crowd chanting for Roman Reigns. Yeah. But also, but, but, on, on, on the, but on the other hand, like just the fact that the Triple H was getting those cheers at the end of the night, that people were cheering Triple H, overcoming who's meant to be your, like your top heel, basically came out and took out your top baby face, and the heel got huge cheers. Well, yes, but I think that's the the probably the smartest thing they did in the Royal Rumble match was put Roman Reigns out second to last because Triple H limited Roman eliminated Roman Reigns which he got the cheers for, but then he eliminated Dean Ambrose yeah, which and he, the crowd isn't going to cheer yeah, Dean Ambrose going out. So they managed to guarantee that Triple H finished that match in the position that they needed him to be in, but with the boos of the crowd. Yeah, I guess that's true. See, because this, well, I was talking about things that would have changed earlier. I mean, the finish is where the things that would have changed. I would have had Ambrose win it because you still set up Triple H versus Reigns. Um, and, and I think that's fine. But then Ambrose I, I, has both the belts. Yeah, no, because then you have Kevin Owens just win the belt, the match earlier in the night. Yeah. You just have have Kevin Owens win the last one standing match. Like, to me, that match almost it didn't matter who won that match. That, w- that would have been actually quite smart because then Kevin Owens would have been even more furious on Raw the next night. Yeah. Because Ambrose lost the Intercontinental belt and just went and won the WWE. Yeah, instead. exactly. And it would have been perfect. It also sets Ambrose up with more feud potentially because you're like, okay, Ambrose has got the IC belt again. So he's got that whole thing to deal with. And also it would infuriate him, I imagine, that as you say, because Dean Ambrose has got the World Heavyweight Championship and is probably not going to be too bothered about the IC belt at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be great. Can and I that- ask, just while you're here, it's off topic a bit, but what do you think about WWE starting up like a cruiserweight division or a light heavyweight division? I don't think they've got enough wrestlers of that weight class. Uh, I feel like it's pretty pointless at this point. Like, mm. who would be in it? Like, Kalisto and the, the Luchadors, uh, uh, sorry, the, the Matadors, and well, who are like Enzo, I guess? Well, yeah, I mean, then, Daniel Bryan, if he ever comes back, Seth Rollins, if he ever comes back. Uh, Kevin Owens is probably too heavy, but Dean Ambrose definitely fits in that. Sami Zayn, AJ Styles. Those guys you know, are... They have a wealth of talent no, 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 that no, just those... isn't quite super heavyweight. No, I, I think you don't put it as a cruiserweight. Do like a light heavyweight division or something like that. Because the cruiserweight division has those memories of the past. Yeah. Of like the, the luchador style matches. And those guys aren't going to work those matches. Yeah, I definitely don't think like Billy Kidman and... What was that guy called? X-Pac. X-Pac, yeah, exactly. The one, two, three kid. Yeah. Um, that's that's the kind of style that people would think if you're going to say cruiserweight. Yeah, so and that's that is, why maybe not... light heavyweight is a better term. But I, do, yeah. I think that there should be a prestigious belt available to people that don't have to be convincing next to Brock Lesnar. Well, it's easy. I think that should be the IC belt. It should be the IC belt or the US uh, belt. And the, well, the... it always was. When I was a kid, the IC belt was super important. And the IC Even when I was a kid. It was, but it's. I think the IC belt is more important now. It's yeah, it's important, but it's not where it should be. Like, I don't think there's a need for a new division. I think there's just a need to build up the titles they have now. Yeah, 
Because they built up the S title and then gave it to Del Rio and killed it. So yeah, it's 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 more about how they're using the titles I've got. I don't really think they need anything else. And yeah, of course, I think you... maybe that's uh, that's what I want is maybe for the Intercontinental Belt to mean more. Yeah, and of course oh, you've, uh... you've now got the TV Championship as well. So <laughs> yeah. that's that... oh, it. Would be so good if they had matches and Rusev had to hand over his monitor. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> like yeah. I, he should definitely come out just wearing it on like a chain or something. Or just like on like a leather belt, and he's just looped looped leather belt like through the handle on the monitor. Be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, Peter, to your point, I would totally support more actual like lucha cruiserweights on the, the card. Yeah, but they just so haven't they, they just haven't got that talent at the minute, and that well, that talent I don't. It. But I, yeah, but I don't think that talent wants to come to WWE because I but, think that talent thinks they'll be misused if they come there, where they can go to places like New Japan or uh, AAA or CML, or they can even go to Lucha Underground and they can make good money. Lucha, Under, Lucha what, Underground will sign you to a seven-year contract. Jesus, I think that's what prompted my question more is because the company doesn't handle smaller people very well and wwe now does have the best in the world at that sort of weight class i mean they've got nakamura and they've got styles they've ostensibly got darren darren daniel bryan Mm. um but those guys are not they've got those guys but those guys are not cruiserweights they are like light heavyweights yeah but the commentary team and the way the company handles them make them out to be like they're a joke. Like they were talking like Callisto couldn't possibly beat Del Rio because Del Rio's bigger. Mm. And that's I think a real a shame if they let that happen to the smaller guys again the way it always did at the start of the nineties and all through the eighties. You know, I think we have the business has moved away from that and I think WWE is dragging its heels a little bit. But at the same time, I'm not convinced that Dean Ambrose is gonna win a match when he's in against Brock Lesnar. No, but the the reason I'm thinking more of the traditional Lucha Cruiserweights is just to break up the pace of Raw to give you something else in there. Sounds up a bit quicker that really breaks up the, sh- the show. But if you were to build up your mid-card division, because you've got guys in there like Neville who can move between mm-hmm. any division, really, but are just kind of stuck in limbo at the moment because they've not got a strong mid-card and they've not got that extra division to put them in. Because Tyler Breeze has came up and he's yeah. done nothing. Guys like that are coming in to basically avoid where they can't do anything. So I, they've I got, yeah, they've got nothing to work for and no storyline. Yeah, support. so if you're not going to really use your two main titles, then I, I think you should set up a cruiserweight division, but keep it as like the traditional cruiserweights. I don't think segregating guys like, I guess, like Ambrose and stuff into a weight division is is going to help them too much. See, that's one of the things I really like at the minute is because you have got the smaller guys going up against the bigger guys. It gives you a much more interesting dynamic because it makes the bigger guys seem bigger. Uh, yeah, maybe. But the, the, the problem is, like Pete says, is when you make a joke of the guy that's small. Yeah, no, I just, I, I think the difference there is you just change, you change your presentation, your booking. You yeah. don't, you don't need to change 
the he's introduced a new division, which will still be seen as a lesser division because although it's the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, it is still always referred to as the WWE Championship. It's not like boxing where different weight tiers are seen as being equally important or UFC the same. Like if you look at UFC, one of the most popular fighters in the world is Conor McGregor. He's arguably the most popular male fighter in the world right now in UFC. And he is not in the top heavyweight division. No, He's, 145 pounds. Exactly. Like, and that's a huge difference to how wrestling is so, presented. And I think that's the real issue that wrestling, in particular WWE, has with that. That if they, the only way that it would ever work is if they introduced it and they stuck to those weight categories religiously. Um, and then the, the, the two titles were built as equivalent titles. And then not. What, what about something then that's not weight related, like bringing the hardcore title back? No, because that's not going to work in PG, is it? Yeah. Well, you, you just saw Last Man Standard match. Yeah, but PG. that's that's rare and it's on pay per view. But the, the, I think the point Pete's making just for that and with the cruiserweight and things like that is it gives other guys something to do. Um, I yeah, don't it's think, another I don't opportunity think you need, for creative. Yeah, I don't think you need an art division. And I, I, but if you did, it would definitely help with the guys that don't get a shine from creative at the moment. No, I think that's fine. And I would personally, I would rather see something um, a little bit more like uh, one of the old Ring of Honor titles, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it, it was see, it was like it had different rules, and it was a much more kind of pure wrestling title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've got the technical wrestling talent that you could do something like that, and I think that would be much more interesting than than that uh, than sort of like a hardcore title or something, or one of these other things. Something like that to me is much more interesting. Something like a submissions title. Yeah, kind of like that. Something that just encourages technical wrestling. We look at what it's called. Um, just I seem to have sort of caught myself a lot recently thinking that they need something else because they're not doing it creatively. They're no. relying on the same tired storylines and they don't have anything that's like a spark to kick off any new feuds. But I, yeah. I also think that they're not using the US belt as they should and they're not the IC belt. It's only been a couple of months that it's it's only been since Dean Ambrose won it really that it's been valuable again. So maybe they just need to do it with those belts. I think they do. I think you, I think it's just a it's a booking problem at the moment. It's a lack of imagination. Because what is your your main storylines are Roman Reigns storyline, which yeah we saw two years ago and we saw throughout the nineties and the early two thousands. It is, and you're not getting anything really new, which I think yeah. is a big problem. Um, you may be right, and a new division or something would kickstart them, but really they, they should be talented enough to be able to get themselves out of that hole without creating a new division or adding a new title or yeah. anything. So the um, the Ring of Honor had the Pure Wrestling Championship. It only existed for two years, two and a half years, um, but it was uh, it had there were three rules in the matches, which were each wrestler has three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls, and after that you can still like the rope break does not count. Um, there are no closed fa- uh, fist punches to the face allowed. Uh, only open hands slaps are allowed to the face, um, but you can punch other parts. And uh, if you um, hit something with a closed fist, you get penalised a rope break. And if you're out of rope breaks, you get disqualified. Uh, you're subject to a 20 count if you go to the floor. And also it changes, uh, the title changes hand on disqualification and the count out. 
And those exact rules would not work in WWE, but similar rules would and would encourage more technical matches. And I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Just but, the, the, obviously they need to do something. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I also think potentially something like um, how the, um, oh, I forget what it's called, but the New Japan equivalent to the Money in the Bank Championship. Uh, the money bank is my briefcase is more interesting in that they're forced to defend it a few times and it's not a it it's more like a royal rumble title shot almost in that um it's a title shot for a specific event it's the title shot for wrestle kingdom 10 but it's awarded like four or five months in advance and you have to um uh you you have to defend it i think it's three times before you actually get to wrestle kingdom and I think that is an interesting dynamic. Um, and if you lose it, you lose the title shot and the other person picks it up. And that, to me, is kind of interesting as a potential, you know. Um, I, I, just, I think there's there's things you can do with non-traditional titles or slightly different than rather just doing the traditional weight limited or I see US kind of belts, European belt, etc. that give you something different. Pete, just thinking about more what you said now, I'd probably be in favour of a cruiserweight division, just thinking about it. But I wouldn't include the guys that you were saying, like Ambrose and things. I would probably go more along the lines of Neville and Tyler Breeze. Not a, maybe not called the cruiserweight divisions, maybe more like TNA's X division was. Something more like that. Mm. I think that would probably be something that would, would definitely spice up an episode of Raw. Yeah, I just think there's there's obviously something missing from Raw because it's stretched out so much now. And obviously creative is struggling to find storylines for people. Storylines and it's a really, really slow show now. You need something but, quick that to, to yeah, throw in. The thing is, if you're just relying on a belt, then that's not interesting. Yeah, well, that's true. Like, you're just going to make the belt worthless again if you're not building around interesting storylines. So the, the point is that they can't build interesting storylines. The point isn't that they don't have the belt. Is that they need the interesting storylines, and a title can help accentuate that. But th- this is why I was saying about the Rumble, which we'll get back to in a second. But this is what I was saying about the Rumble is like you don't need to have Triple H win the championship because that storyline works equally well without Triple H and Reigns feuding over the belt. It still works absolutely fine. That uh, like, yeah, there is an element though, like Triple H's opening speech on Raw tonight or last night was for sure. To say that he had to come back and win the belt because nobody else deserved it, basically. No, and I think that works. Obviously, that helps. But the, but you just give a different promo. You just go, yeah. I came out here. And you just say, no one deserves it. You just change it to, Roman Reigns doesn't deserve it. Or you just change it to simply, I hate Roman Reigns. <laughs> I do not want Roman Reigns to have the belt. And you're done. That's all you need to say. You don't need to build it beyond that, do you? Well, I think this is far more interesting. What, with okay. Roman having the belt? With uh, Triple H having the belt. Triple H having the belt. I mean, this is far more interesting than, um, than Reigns just going for his revenge. I think this is a much more interesting story. No, I, I, t- no I, take, because... I, take, I take your point and that Triple H didn't have to win that. But I think Triple H should have won that because it does make this far more... It may, it may... Triple H just came back out of retirement just to take the title from Roman Reigns. That is supposed to piss off every hardcore fan as well as every casual fan. Hmm. 
That, yeah, that and was it's another a, that was instance point. of Triple H putting the belt on himself. It is, but it, it's weird. That would I would have hated this any other time except for yeah. now. I think this is perfect. I think but this like, is what they should have done, and this is what they should be doing running the Mania. Because, gen- but genuinely, do you are you seriously telling me you're excited about watching Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania? Does is that a match that honestly excites you? Because I honestly could not give a shit. Not at the moment. No, there's no way they can but, build. No, to me, there's no way they can build this that makes it interesting because they've done it to death. It's been but, done. I don't think this is going to be a straight up run to WrestleMania. Be an no, quit match. It's because uh, I don't see how Roman Reigns can walk into a WrestleMania crowd against Triple H for the world title and be the face. I come out of it as well as he did against Brock Lesnar last year. I think there's going to be a twist in this, and it could well be Roman Reigns either turning or doing something you wouldn't expect from him. Because there's, there's no way, if he's going at the current program, that he can survive in that crowd. No, but what? Like that's what that's my point. It's like you can't turn him. Because if you turn him against Triple H, you kind of de facto have to do a double turn and you can't turn Triple H face. That's a logical right now. No, you do the finger point, finger prick, poke of death thing. That doesn't make and any sense either. Roman there Reigns is, sells out. I think Roman Reigns is going to do something to Dean Ambrose because obviously they have the triple threat match now at Fastlane. And I think there's going to be a slightly heel side to Roman Reigns or a full heel turn, but more likely just slightly heel. And you play that into it, but that just, you, you the, could but quite they, well have this a triple threat, like quite it, easily as well. I I think any way it could potentially be interesting is if Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose somehow work together to defeat Brock Lesnar, and they both pin him at the same time, so they both get the title shot at WrestleMania. I mean, of course, it's completely illogical that you're putting Roman Reigns in the number one contendership match. That makes no sense at all. But beyond that, like uh, I. I guess you can have them both go to WrestleMania together as brothers and then maybe Reigns turns because he can't beat Ambrose. Maybe that's what you do. And that's slightly more interesting, but not significantly. And let's be honest here. We know they're not turning Reigns. We all know they're not turning Reigns because he is their blue eyed boy for this generation and they're not going to turn him. I don't know. They turned the rock. Yep. They turned, turned Stone Cold. They turned yeah. the rock and they turned Stone Cold after successful year, like multi-year-long babyface yeah. runs. Yes, the Rock but... was never successful as a face. The Rock was very successful as a face. He wasn't initially successful as a face, but then no. he. The Rock was pushed as a face, but he was, he never went over as a face. Really? Until he until he joined the nation. Oh no no I'm I'm talking long term here. So yeah he he was face then heel then face. But I I think my point here is that they they don't want to turn Reigns heel because they see Reigns as being their face immediately. They don't want to wait. I think that's but a mistake with Seth Rollins coming back. No, it is yeah. a huge mistake, but I don't think they're going to change their minds because they seem to have been dedicated to this for the last year. Mm. No, I, I think this is perfectly set up for Reigns' turn. And I, I think the world do it, and I think the world they have to do it. And I there's some way this can really go. But, uh, I think at some point Reigns has to at least turn on Dean Ambrose, not necessarily completely I, full ge- turn. Genuinely, how many times over the last year has have people said the only thing they can do is turn Reigns heel? Every time he's in something, you're like the only thing they can do here is turn Reigns heel, and they don't, and it doesn't make but, his character any more interesting at any point. 
No, but it's, it is going to happen. It has to happen because it's not working the way it is. It and hasn't never worked. It hasn't never been work. working the way it is for a year, and that hasn't slowed them down. If anything, it's forced them to double down on it. I still don't. I, I still. I can't see Roman Reigns keep going like this forever and ever. He's no, got to turn. I can't. It's a bad idea. I don't think that means that WWE is not going to do it because they do a lot of very bad ideas. I think I agree with Colin. I think there's a twist in this. I don't think yeah. that. I think there's a number. I think it's set up perfectly for some sort of twist. I think there's a number of elements that make a twist more likely, and that's Dean Ambrose being involved and Vince McMahon being involved. See that because this is why I think Dean Ambrose winning the Rumble is more interesting because then you set up a more natural feud between these two, between Reigns and Ambrose in the future because you just have like a Reigns jealous that Ambrose has the belt now. It's so it's, it feels like it's a much more natural progression at that point. Um, and that that would to me be much more interesting to set these two up at WrestleMania or something like that. That I would like to see that. But to to throw Triple H into the WrestleMania mix makes it less interesting. As I said earlier, it's completely nonsensical that you're saying in the same breath, basically, saying Reigns does not deserve the title. Here, Reigns, you've got number one contenders match. That I agree with, unless they have something planned. I mean, their plan is that they've to... got their, 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 their plan is that they've put Brock Lesnar in there and they think he can't get the job done against Brock Lesnar. Except you've put Ambrose in there, so you're giving Reigns the advantage, and like, I just I don't get that match. As but if I don't, if the way I see it going down is there's going to be a turn somewhere on this. Whether it's Ambrose or Reigns, don't know, but there is going to be a turn, and I see the more slightly being Roman Reigns. I see. I see. I see that being more slightly because he will genuinely be hated. Oh no! That's I, what he, that's I, what he, need, he I, needs to go I through that process in order to that. be cheered. And it makes Seth Rollins' return so much cooler. And when did everyone last cheer Roman Reigns? It's when he was a heel. That was the last time he was properly cheered. No, he was hugely cheered when he won the belt off Sheamus. He was so no. over the night. He was over in Philadelphia the night he beat Sheamus for the belt. For one night. For one night he was. What, but he was what, still what over. Ha- what happened the week after? Oh yeah, I know. He he goes back because the WB can't book. But like it worked. It worked for one night. And it was interesting. Let's go back I to the I still think Rumble. he has I still think he has to go through that process and he will go through it and Look, my, my argument this is, is this is gonna be the time I think. It my, has to be now. My argument isn't that he doesn't need to turn heel. He does need to turn heel. My argument is the WWE do not care and will keep him face. My my argument is that WWE, I, as genuinely, as Vince McMahon has been quoted as saying in the past, I don't care what the audience thinks. They like what I tell them to like. I think there's an element of truth to that as well. Yeah, there is. And he is telling us to like Roman Reigns. And that's why I don't think he's going to back out of it. I want to like Roman Reigns. And I think the annoying thing for most fans is that everyone really, in some degree, wants to like Roman Reigns. Yeah. He he did uh, he he just needs that turn. He needs he something, or he needs something to really make you sympathise with him. And no, I that's think the, this is, the this thing. That's that's how Vince McMahon tells you what to like. Is that Roman Reigns has that turn now? Because in two years' time, when he turns back to face, that's when you like him. It's not necessarily that 
he wants everybody to cheer for Roman Reigns now, so everybody will, because you can't win that battle. But in the long run, I think nobody knows what they're doing more than Vince McMahon. I don't, I, I don't know, because I think the fact that they brought Vince McMahon back to television to try and get Roman Reigns over indicates that, no, he really wants you to cheer for Roman Reigns right now. Uh, because I don't think there's any other reason you bring Vince back. Well, you bring I Vince think... back because it because it echoes the. I mean, it echoes the Rock's heel turn, and it echoes the stuff that they did with Stone Cold. Yeah, in such a tedious way as well. But but that's kind of what WWE creative has been about for the past few years is echoing things they did in the Attitude Era that were successful, but doing them in a really soft way. Yeah, but I I think what you what you do instead is you have Triple H play the Vince McMahon role, which is what they were doing, and then they kind of backed out of that and brought Vince back and it's just not as interesting. It's just not. I think Triple H's champion is probably the most interesting thing they could have done coming out of this. Really? Because... No, I think Dean Ambrose is much more interesting. Dean Ambrose on his first run essentially taking the belt away from his best friend is a much more interesting result. And I still think you'll have that. I just don't think it's worth now because really... Where is Dean Ambrose on the card? He's, he, he's, a guy, he's a guy that floats up and down and up and down. Yep. And really, him winning the title and him going on the title run now, does it really mean anything? I don't think it does to any to most people. It doesn't really mean anything. No, I think if Dean Ambrose wins the title, then it's completely believable that he loses it the next night on Raw. Yeah. I, I, I think, think that's kind of a throwaway thing. Would the, be a waste. the only reason I would say don't give Ambrose the belt at the minute is... If they are going, if you get the payoff to, like the the you know the Ambrose Rollins feud from last year, where it was just him chasing the belt and he came so close so many times and we didn't ever get the payoff to that. Like you need that feud, I think, is the other way I would like him to get the belt. Um, it is just have him chasing for for like six months and he can't get it done and he finally does it that is perfect what they've got now is not like i i'm just not particularly interested in triple h on the belt i'm not particularly interested in watching any combination of roman reigns and triple h for the belt at wrestlemania i would wouldn't mind if it was like the co-main event or if it was lower down the card that's fine but I, I'm not interested in watching them particularly even if you throw Dean Ambrose into the mix still not particularly interested I would be more interested to watch Reigns versus Brock Lesnar too because I think there's at least a more interesting story you can tell there I just think what's going on now it does very little for me there is two and a half months until WrestleMania at this yeah. point I mean, there is, there is going there to is, be a lot of twists at this point. I think there's plenty they can do to make it interesting too. Like, what if it's a Helena Cell match to main event WrestleMania? Then I would not watch that because I don't like gimmick matches for the title at WrestleMania. I don't really like triple threats for the title at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I've got this weird thing that WrestleMania should be pure. <laughs> That's never going to happen. No, it's well, no, it it's happened a lot in the past. It's happened frequently. That we've had. Okay, so you don't mean pure. You mean just not have stipulations. No, that's what I mean. Sorry, by pure I mean it should be a one-on-one match, and that should be it. And I, like triple threat, maybe that's okay. I don't want like a hair in a cell. I don't want a cage. I don't want any of that in the main event. I don't really want it at WrestleMania. That other match is nice because it gives you that little bit of spectacle. Um, but beyond that, not 
really. Like, I just want to see guys going at it on this big stage because it's WrestleMania. You shouldn't need anything else to accentuate the feud because it's WrestleMania. Uh, I wish that was true. But if you look, gimmick matches have notoriously failed horribly at WrestleMania. I don't know. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell. Undertaker Triple H. No Holds Barred. Undertaker Triple H. Like, those aren't... The Mm. the Hell in a Cell's okay, but also if you look back, you also had the big boss man at uh, our Snow match. That was the Hell in a Cell. I think that was WrestleMania, wasn't it? No, that that was like a judgment day. There was another one that was terrible, though. I'm sure there was... There was a big boss man Undertaker here on the cell. Was that a WrestleMania? Yeah. That was bad. The, I think you can have gimmick matches for WrestleMania because one of my favourite main events ever is the, the triple threat at WrestleMania 20. I, I know, think, I, like you, I I think said, you can and you have them, but uh, I I know what your point is. Your storyline should be strong enough that you don't need to add a gimmick yeah. in. Uh, my, my point as well is I don't mind a triple threat because it does make sense sometimes. Like the Daniel Bryan one made perfect sense. The one last year made perfect sense. But it, it, I just don't... I, I I'm beyond that. I don't think it works for me. You look at the Fatal Four Way at WrestleMania 2000 is not particularly interesting. Um, like all that kind of stuff, it just does doesn't do much for me. When I was seven, that was the most interesting thing ever. Yeah, but on <laughs> on reflection, on reflection, on ref- I'm tw- I'm, tw- I'm 23 now, and it was a bad match. Yep, exactly. Um, right, let's talk about the rest of the Rumble match because we haven't really talked about. It. We just talked about the finish. The other stuff happened. Of course. Um, you had AJ Styles debuting, which we talked about earlier. It was amazing. Even though I fucked the production up, it was great. Um, commentary put him over like an amazing amount. The The fact that JBL said the phrase, he's the former IWGP champion, same as Brock Lesnar, is massive. That's absolutely huge if you were going to put him over. Um, yeah, Kevin Owens as well helped. Yes, Kevin Owens did very well. Um, and uh, I he didn't last quite as long as he would have liked. That's why the other things that would have changed is I would have probably given him the Jericho spot. Yeah. Um, but as someone pointed out to me, Jericho... Anybody but Jericho, that spot. No, but someone pointed out to me, and I actually agree with this, probably the reason Jericho is in there so long is he's a veteran, so he helps you control the match. Yeah, probably. I think they, uh, there was an element of them trying to give him plenty of time to build him for whatever they're doing next with him. Yeah, I think maybe... Because I don't think he has much legitimacy at the minute with current fans. They might, depending on how long his current run is, and I don't know. Um, like To be fair, if you went and looked at Fuzzy Tour dates, you could work out when his run ends. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, I, he, maybe he's feuding with Styles, because they kind of hinted at that on Raw. The Kudira go Styles or Ambrose. They're both set yeah. up waiting for it. Um, I think Am- Ambrose is definitely an opportunity because they talked a few times about the number of instant continental championships that Jericho's had. That was brought up a bit, so maybe that's that was a hint. And the Styles thing would work well, but I'd rather see Styles go up against Kevin Owens, really. I think that would be fabulous. Yes. Um, I'd vote for that. And obviously Kevin, yeah. Kevin Owens throwing AJ Styles out while shouting, Welcome to the WWE. <laughs> Great spot. <laughs> Kevin Owens is so good. Um, it, it was really smart to have Owens from over because if it was like the Miz, well, that's that's the, what the fans would have was, turned it on was that match. Big genius time. because you've got a heel who is also um, another internet darling. 
Like, yeah. and it works perfectly to have him eliminate AJ Styles. It just works. Is AJ Styles going to be a healer or face? Face. In the long run. Face at the minute. Uh, He's obviously a face on, everyone's a face on their first night, but. I see him face long term. Yeah. Um, I don't think they haven't got enough top faces at the minute. Do you know they've been sweeter and really got a massive amount of booze at the end if uh, AJ Styles was eliminated by Triple H at the end? That would have been good. How much would the internet be pissed down? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if he, if it if Triple H eliminates Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, and Dean Ambrose, yeah, the last man out is as as AJ Styles because of Triple H. Triple H just shits on Ooh. the new indie guy that brought in. Ooh, Imagine how good that mm. would have been. <laughs> oh man! And then sends him down to NXT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but if he sends him down to NXT, he immediately sends him back up because NXT Triple H is a massive face. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, what else is going on? Tyler Breeze, yeah, nothing. Like, I'm really disappointed with what, how they've used Tyler Breeze. It's not been yeah. good. Um, I, Such a shame. He kind of got like the double elimination spot, which was eliminated by both Styles and Reigns at the same time, but it was a bit meh. Like, who else was on like Axel? Not particularly interesting. Like, uh, no. Although I do like the social outcasts. And social outcasts are fun. Um, and uh, I do like Curtis Axel as well. Yeah, I like Curtis Axel. He was fun. Um, we had obviously Kane came in. Uh, I thought like the fact that he has had seventeen rumbles is insane. Uh, uh, yes, I was very disappointed at the treatment of Kane and the Big Show. And even Ryback to an extent, and even though I think he's well past his best, Mark Henry, because uh, they all went out on nothing spots. They, they, they were all just thrown over the top rope, no who, problem. Yeah, but who took him out? Who took Kane out? Braun Strowman. Who took the Big Show out? Braun Strowman. Like that. Well, yeah, I get that, matters. and I know why they've done that. But it doesn't. I don't think it makes Braun Strowman look powerful. It just makes the, those other guys look weak. I think there should have been more of a battle first. I think they should have been, but I think that's their their goal, you know, is just because they've got the way it's clearly going against Brock Lesnar next. Yeah, but it, ju- it was just so cheap. Really yes, I know. When it didn't have to be. I'm not arguing with you on that. Like, that's definitely true. Um, What else was going on? Like, there's a bunch of mid-card people early on. Kofi Kingston? Kofi Kingston did any, anybody see him fun. get eliminated? That was no. another example. Bad. I was too busy they, they did, have a sleep. They did yep. show it. They did at least show it on the replay, and it was Chris yeah. Jericho eliminates him with a springboard. I loved his uh, save spot though this year. I thought that was yeah. really fun. Taking having, the coke out of the like, crowd. Biggie saving him, having a drink, and just also chilling on the outside for a while was kind of yeah. nice. And then he got popcorn before he was put out as well. Yeah, it was really it, that was good fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, what else was good? Uh, uh, Titus uh, O'Neil point. went fairly. No, quick as well. wait. Before we talk about all of that, our truth, amazing. I <sighs> love that. It made yeah. me laugh. It was funny. Don't give me that sigh. You know it was funny. It's the same joke every week though. Since he won it, the Slammy for that, it's the same time joke. that it was really funny it's, that time he did it. It's the same joke every week, but this time I actually did think it was genuinely funny. Yeah, I did. I wanted Kane to just push the ladder over though and put him out. That yeah, way. but I think that might have killed him. Because the, yeah, the well. dude's like 48 or something. He's really he's really getting on now, you know. Yeah, 40. but he's not doing much else, is he? No. 44? Yeah, he's pretty... Yeah. Um, yeah, 44. Yeah. But, you know, that's like, for a guy who's working regularly, he's not, he's not a young man. Um, 
what else will we have going on? Like, yeah, Titus O'Neill did quite well, Peter, as you were saying. I think he did quite well, but then he went out fairly cheaply as well. Yeah, yeah. I like Titus O'Neill. He's a good guy. He is. Just, just uh, how old is he? Because they're giving him. Well, they seem to half-heartedly give him a push. Yeah, he's... they talk him up on commentary and then don't actually let him ever win. Much. Yeah, it's kind of weird. He's um, thirty-eight, um, but he always uh, he's been he's winning all those Father of the Year awards and doing yeah. all the charity work. Yeah. So. Do you know what was? I tell you what was disappointing in this match. Um, when we get to the big show, like no one t- said that he was a giant. No one, <laughs> no one said he's a giant. How are you going to eliminate him? No one asked that. JBL did not did not shout like, "How are you going to eliminate him?" As because he gets eliminated every fucking year. Yeah, but you know it's such a thing. Every year they're always like, I, "My pick's the big show." Like he's seven foot tall, he weighs five hundred pounds. You can't eliminate him. He's a giant. Uh, and yeah, so they're all... going to have to team up on him. I thought that yeah. was actually, although he went very cheap, I thought it was quite cool that they let Braun Strowman basically choke him out first. Yeah, that was good. That that worked much better than over. Kane did. Also, Kane's hair looks super weird, right? Well, it's not uh, real. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wig. Yeah, I but know. He's got the, he's, he hasn't got his head shaved bald the way he, he used yeah, to. Yeah, it's because he's, no. kind of like, he's kind of got like short hair on the sides now and it looks really odd. Yeah. yeah. Um, he like had his wig like, misplaced last night, so it was just a weird patch on the right inside of his yeah. head. That <laughs> yeah, was it just looked normal. really odd. Yeah. Um, i got to say, Luke Harper in this match looked fabulous. I think Luke Harper is quite good, isn't he? Luke Harper's very good, but he looked so good. I actually thought he looked better than Braun Strowman did in this match. Uh, Yeah, I'm not that impressed with Braun Strowman, although he is very much just playing that. Yeah, he's just a big dumb. He's like just a big dumb ape. And the the problem with Braun Strowman is Braun Strowman works in this role, but I don't see him transitioning into anything else. No. Um, like the the problem with what they've done with him is I think they're going to have to repackage him once the Wyatts eventually split even if it's in like two years they're still going to have to repackage him as something else well, I don't think they'll repackage him I think they'll release him probably there's uh, nothing else you can do with him no um, I did think they did a, they made a good job of looking Braun Strowman look good though like he eliminates Kane in the big show in the first 60 seconds he's in the match that's a big deal even if it's cheap even though as you say both eliminations are cheap it's still a big deal I still think it makes him look good um, the oh obviously yes Kevin Owens, um Kevin Owens selling amazingly from the Last Man Standing, like eliminating Styles and taunting him. Sami Zayn arrives and Kevin Owens looks like he's gonna fucking explode with rage. Like that, that was actually probably my favorite point from the entire night. Obviously, Sami Zayn arrives in great, but they cut into Kevin Owens' face and Kevin Owens just like his head in his hands, just gripping his hair, looking like he's going to pull his hair out. Yep. With the, like, the sheer rage and disgust that Sami Zayn dares to be here. Yep. Just totally selling the moment. Yeah. It was great. Kevin Owens is so good. But it wasn't even like, it wasn't shock. It was just, because quite often you cut to that, like that reaction and it's like, just the wrestler looking shocked. Like, how is this guy here? It was just, Owens was more like, disgusted that Sami Zayn dares but to be here. They, I think they handled that quite well because I'm obviously a big Kevin Owens fan and a big Sami Zayn fan. Yep. Sami Zayn putting Kevin Owens out. When that yep. happened, I was like, yep, okay, that's good. Yep. And then Sami Zayn went, he wasn't there for long. He was only there for like five minutes or something, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. And then he got put out by, was that Strowman? Yeah. yeah. I think the only the only way they could have done that better is if Kevin Owens, I, I actually expected Kevin Owens to come back into the ring yeah. and eliminate Zayn. But when they, when 
Kevin Owens went out. I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. And then Sami Zayn went out not long after. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, he's done what he needed to do. Yeah. And that's fine. I kind of like. I wasn't that disappointed like, with him. I, going I think, out. That, again, that's a, a small tweak they could have made is either have, have Zayn eliminated by Owens or when Zayn gets eliminated, have Owens like. Because Owens is. You could easily sell it because Owens is knackered so that he's just kind of sitting on the outside for a bit. And then Zayn gets eliminated and they just start brawling again. Yeah, because that would have been amazing. Like yeah. Ke- Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just brawling forever. The only problem with that is that it came at the time in the match when they were doing the whole white family bit. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so they would have detracted. Yeah. Uh, Ke- also, Kevin Owens uh, brawling with AJ Styles when AJ Styles arrives is just yeah. like that. Uh, that amazing fist fight. Did you see? Just, there was somebody tweeted today. There was a gif of that. That uh, was just that on a loop. It's constantly just. It's going. amazing. It's such a good loop. Like, cause it's perfect, um, and it's yeah, and it's one of those ones where you're like, "Is this a loop? I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, but it's great. Like those two. Like I love that loop because it's those two. And they're just like, oh, those are not pulling their shots. They're just hammering each other as hard as they can. And yeah, there was a moment AJ Styles took a back body drop as well, and like just completely sold it and went about twelve feet in the air. To be fair, his um, back is fucked. <laughs> um, my wife said, was he meant to land like that? Was he meant to do that? And I've been watching AJ Styles matches since the podcast that you told me he was amazing. Yeah. I've been on the internet watching his matches. So she says, is, was, did he mean to do that? And I was like, well, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's he's, kind of the stuff that he does. He's, he's very, very good. But also, like, his bucket back is genuinely fucked. So he might just been like, oh, my back. Oh, God. They wouldn't surprise me. Either way, he's just... I love AJ Styles. And also, I love the way they tease the Styles Clash in this match. Yeah. And they again, on Raw, is brilliant. Like, just go... Like, it's... um The commentary is selling the Styles Clash brilliantly as well. Without us having seen it, commentary are selling the Styles Clash. And his opponents are selling the Styles Clash. Because they clearly... It's great, because you've got all these opponents who clearly know who AJ Styles is. And they're all like... Oh shit! I don't want to get Styles Clash. I'm going to lose the match. Also, I don't want to get Styles Clash because maybe I'll break my neck. But that's yep. unrelated. Um, <laughs> Breaking necks and cash and checks. Yeah, he is. That's why I love him. Uh, it, but um, he did get the. He's got the Pele kick in twice, which is great, and he makes it look a lot better than Finn Balor does. He does. Um, uh, but I wish they'd stop doing that. But do you, do you know my problem with? Well, I think his one works better than Finn Balor's because Finn Balor's always seems to be like in a very similar situation, yeah. and Styles pulls it off from like a, he's already pulled it off from like different points in the match. Well, the the only issue I have with it really is the, the way the announcers in America pronounce it, Pele. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, what I do think with with Styles, I tell you actually why I like Styles is over Balor's is Balor's is too clean. He just kind of hits it too perfectly. Um, and I always feel with Styles is it looks a bit more um, like a bit more as like a last ditch save. Like, yeah. oh shit, that other thing went wrong. Kick him in the head. Well, um, meant to look like that as well. But I do, I agree with you. I think Balor's looks a bit more clean. It just looks too perfect and too choreographed, I think. Yeah, and, it, I think maybe just the moment he takes the line up before he does it is just yeah. like that. Whereas, quarter of a second yeah styles is just look it always looks kind of scruffy and it looks like it's out of desperation and that really sells it for me um because i think for him as well more than balor's like 
Styles seems to use it as like a move to give him a break, you know? Yeah. Like we, like when you see people hit like a big clothesline and you both go down, Styles does it in the same way that he's like, all right, I've knocked the guy down. I've got a second to catch my breath now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm hoping they don't just have him hit the Styles Clash on a random episode of Raw. Like they need to save it. And also you've got a brand new wrestler here. So protect the Styles Clash. Like he is, he he has protected the Stars Clash throughout his entire career, and it's the same as the Dudley's 3D. It's like they have worked hard to protect that throughout their entire career, and if he can do the same in WWE, it'll be great. I want to see uh, him protect yeah. it. Just generally more of that, please. More of that, but I think it's hard once you've got had people in for a while. If you don't protect it from the off. Whereas with Styles, if they can protect it from like his arrival in WWE, that's how you keep it protected. You know, yep. um, you can't. You can't like. I think the problem is once a move has been like has become like not a protected move, not a protected finish, it's very hard to rebuild it as one. Well, um, yeah, it, it takes time, and it takes the announcing team to be on the ball. Yeah, um, but I, I think you can't. Like, well, my point is more like you can't use the same finish and bring it back to being a protected finish if you had six months where it was kind of variable because mm-hmm. it just makes it look weird. Like if you break, if you have them throw some extra element into it or a new move, that's fine, but you can't have the same move. Um, like the attitude adjustment is not interesting anymore because people kick out of it so often. Yep. Uh, what else we have going on? Also, we had Eric Rowan come in. We had uh, Braun Strowman there. And Luke Harper there already. And that was when the Wyatt family went on their tear and just started fucking people up. And all three of them together is very intimidating. Um, and the only thing I will say is I thought they spaced it a little bit too far for Bray Wyatt coming in. I could have seen, rather seen Bray Wyatt coming in slightly nearer. Do you not well, think? Well, uh, where's the... Oh, I mean, everyone. And then Bray Wyatt came in yeah. as a... Like, why are expected to come in after everyone else? But mm. it was just a little bit too late. Yeah, oh, no, I know. I'm fine with but, him coming so, in after everyone else. I just think it would have been nice if it was slightly closer to the rest yeah, of Yeah, I, I think that was what they were going for, was he was expecting to come in closer, but it was just a bit too late because Lesnar oh, okay, took yeah. over. I see what you mean, yeah. Um, But it was good. I really liked the, the Wyatts. The, the dynamic was good. The fact they came back and eliminated Lesnar was good. Um... Well, next was Roman Reigns coming back. Yeah, so which... we didn't we didn't reach away. So Roman Reigns obviously getting like taken to the back uh, after like just eating super kicks and finishes from the League of Nations, and then a big frog splash on yeah, the French or Spanish R- Rusev, table. Rusev fucking him up. How uh, many fucking languages do we need at ringside now? I know it's kind of weird, right? <laughs> also, I I did like uh, Vince McMahon just kind of signalling Rusev. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then, then Rusev coming and just hugging Vince McMahon. <laughs> that was great. Rusev's amazing. Uh, I don't know why he hugged him, but it really worked. It made me laugh. Yep. Um, I think in the same vein as Kevin Owens, actually, Rusev is just a very good actor. Uh, yeah, I think those two guys are doing something that other people aren't maybe at the moment doing, and that's taking a little bit of initiative to try and further they are, themselves and, on. But, but also, like, gen... Like, more than other guys genuinely inhabiting a character as well. 
Yeah. Um, it's like all the stuff we said on the, the awards podcast that we did about Kevin Owens and the, him basically feuding with Michael Cole. Yeah. Well, the the point of that and the reason why he pulled Michael Cole's glasses off is because it makes people talk about him. Yeah. And Michael Cole does the most talking on that show every exactly. week. Exactly. It's the same with Rusev. Like, Rusev is doing the exact same thing. He's doing things that get, even if it's people not necessarily at the show and it's not the commentators, he's doing the stuff that gets the internet talking about him. And again, that's good for him. Yeah. It's good for his career. Um, and yeah, but Rusev is just like, I think this, and the other thing that Rusev and Owens have worked out which is smart and not enough people have realized is it's possible to be a threatening comedic heel. Yep. You don't have to be a comedic heel who is basically just a little chicken shit heel and not particularly interesting. You can be a legitimate force and still be a comedic heel. And they have both made, made that work so well and so effectively. Like Kevin Owens is a guy you would not want to face in the ring, but he is still funny and entertaining to watch but you also kind of hate him, and that's perfect. It's yeah, because what... he's a smart ass and he's a dick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why you, you... because and I think the reason that Owens works is because the first time he says something, it's funny, and it's like the tenth time he says it, and you're like, <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> and that's why he works. Uh, and also that Owens is just the perfect heel on Twitter as well. Yes, I fucking hates everyone on Twitter. Um, what do we think of Brock Lesnar showing here? Yeah, it was a bit short, um, but I, it was only it was only in this to set up the the why why if you. I didn't so, think it was that short though. I think he got like a reasonable length, and he got a lot of offense in. Yeah, yeah, I liked that Jericho just avoided taking any suplexes from him, like the crafty old veteran is. Um, I got uh, I got to say, the Miz though is genius. Seeing progressive in the ring and just being like, Joe, you know I'm gonna go on commentary yeah. for a bit. I think. Um... For a long time, like for about 20 minutes, Chris Jericho basically just sat in the corner and watched. He kind of had small spots going on all the time. So he was he was trying to eliminate people a lot. But the thing with elimination is it's basically a rest hold. Like yeah. if you're just like kind of grappling with someone against the ropes, try to toss them over. It's a break, isn't it? But it looks like you're doing something. Um, which is the point that Roman Reigns had last year where Roman Reigns genuinely spent 20 minutes of the match last year just sitting in the corner. And you're like, yeah. what are you doing? Why and this this year he walked away. How is it, that a face tactic? It it, it should, if if he's supposed to be a face, he should have been out on a stretcher, or he should have fought his way back into the ring. He should have been out on a stretcher, like trying to push medics away. He took the pussy way out. He went backstage, had a weed sit down, got a wee bandage put on, had a nice cup of tea, watched the rest of the match. Brock Lesnar went out, and then he decided, "I'll go back now." The thing is, as well, is it's such like a classic face formula if the face gets injured they should either be out cold or they should be like trying to push medics away while they're being like forced into a stretcher uh, it, 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 it just walked away and then 20 minutes later it comes sprinting back yeah. down with nothing wrong with him yeah he looked that's the other thing is he just looked fine when he came back he just went and had a cup of coffee he didn't fucking there's nothing wrong with him <laughs> yeah it was it's, dreadful. It, it, it's an easy thing to do to build up sympathy for a face and they fucked it up. Yeah. It's, it's simple and they fucked it up. Because if you um, have him, all you need to do is you have him go out unconscious. You have him yeah. go out unconscious on the stretcher 
and you have the commentary team go like do the serious voice and be like, oh, we'll have updates for Roman Reigns. Yeah, we're trying to get you. word of what's happening yeah. backstage and all yeah, that like, shit. We're trying to get word from the training room, etc. We understand that he might be taken to a local medical facility. All that kind of jazz. It works. because the, And the reason they've done it a lot is because it works. So by not doing it, you're just like... Wrestling is about patterns. And I don't always like that. But sometimes they're there for a reason. And breaking the pattern in this case did not work. No. I also... I don't. If you think about it logically, I don't see how Reigns is the babyface in this. He 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 went away for twenty minutes. He came back and he was fighting Triple H. Triple H, who was put out injured by Roman Reigns and was making his triumphant and fair yeah uh, comeback because Triple H did nothing wrong in this match. He was they didn't cheat at all. He won fair and square. Triple H, but, uh, a Triple H, Rain, Triple H returning Rain's... from injury after he was unjustly beaten down by Roman Reigns at TLC after T- after Roman Reigns beat the living hell out of like a middle aged man. But Reigns also left Ambrose alone. Ambrose yep. who had been through could, a last he could have easily have come back in night. and just thrown Triple H out and worked with Ambrose and Ambrose wins the title and at least like oh yeah my buddy's got it awesome. There's just weird things in this match where you think. Sure, if you're if the point of this match is to get Reigns over as a babyface, sure you should have played it a little bit differently. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's a weird. I think uh, this is one of the rumbles I've enjoyed most in the past few years. It's, it's a good rumble, I thought. I really enjoyed it. But when you think about it, it's like the weird production issues. There's things that they've done that are just off, and it seems weird why yeah. they've went that way. Yeah, See, I thought the show, the Rumble show itself, was strong, but I thought the Royal Rumble match wasn't particularly strong no i enjoyed this rumble i liked uh, that there weren't like loads of quirky surprise returns that was good yeah um it felt a lot more serious it felt well paced like it nicely built up strong people like the wyatts um like people like mark henry got a last run out you had good jobbers like uh, jack swagger coming in and immediately getting f5'd and just kicked out again in 15 seconds um it had nice comedy spots. Like I know we don't necessarily like our truth spot, but I did. And yeah, it was good. It was like that was fun. Uh, the Kofi Kingston save was probably his best one yet, and a lot more fun than it normally is. Um, the the Miz coming in and just being like, "No, no, no, don't worry, I've got a plan," and just coming on commentary for like ten minutes was awesome. Like that was just a really fun spot. I think there was a bit of everything in this match, and that's why it worked for me. But the what they did, and they did it well, was the comedic spots did not interfere with the rest of the match and didn't make the rest of the match look dumb. Um, and I think if you actually... And there's something that I find really interesting. If you take away the Roman Reigns elements, so like the League of Nations attack on the outside, all of that stuff, if you take all of that out, I actually think it's a really good Royal Rumble. I think the Roman Reigns stuff actually detracts from it. Uh Yeah. I think it definitely does because he was away for what twenty minutes, yeah, thirty minutes, exactly. And what you do, and uh, the other thing as uh, well, but it, also he wasn't away; like he wasn't forgotten. He it was obvious that no. he was going to come back. It was just, it was just too obvious. There was too much in it that yeah. I think I wasn't don't a like. Surprise. And the things I don't mind, I don't mind if he comes back limping and like his chest protectors off and his ribs are taped or whatever. That is a good spot. Yeah, that and there's a doctor good. chasing him down to yeah, the ring and trying to like make him come medics back. Medics coming back, or he's like surrounded by referees trying to push him backstage. 
and he's kind of like limping and all of that. And then Triple H throws him out as well. You build a bit separately from as the baby face. You make Triple H look like a complete arsehole because he's just thrown this injured guy over the top rope. Or you like actually have Triple H bring his sledgehammer in and smack Reigns in the head with a sledgehammer. That looks cool. Like any of that stuff is great. Um, But the, the way they booked it was just for Reigns was super weird. Super, super weird. And he gets the Superman criticism a lot, but this match exemplified it. Like by a like, this is just him looking the most superhuman he could possibly look. He gets beaten down and he comes back perfectly. That is pretty much the definition of Superman. Actually, no, he's not Superman. He's Wolverine. <laughs> he's Wolverine. He gets beaten the fuck out of him, and he comes back five minutes later, and he's fine. He's, yeah, he's just Wolverine. That's all he is. Actually, yeah, he works better as, as Wolverine than Superman because he's kind of yeah, trying to play him as the anti-hero as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, if you take Reigns out, this is... A much better yeah, Royal Rumble. The, 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 I've really enjoyed this one. The best Rumble's done in a while. But if you take Reigns out, then it is far more entertaining. And but also, thought, if you take Reigns out... I coming into this, uh, it was probably one of the most interesting Rumbles in a few years. The obvious winner was going to be Triple H, but you had other storylines in there, like the Wyatts, yeah. Wes, and everything. Yep. You could have a surprise return. You could have J.J. Styles. You could have The Rock. You could have Daniel Bryan. Yep. Well, that's true. What it has done is set up the road to WrestleMania and made it that much more interesting than I think it was a month ago. Yeah, and yep. the other thing I think they did well, which they sometimes... Kind of job. Because they, they sometimes miss doing some rumbles, but they set up other storylines quite nicely, as you were saying. Like, they set up other elements as well, which yep. quite often they miss in the rumble. And that was really smart. Um, and the thing I do wonder is, like, if would this have been better if, as we say, if Reigns isn't there and it's for the title, and if you replace Reigns with literally anyone else, doesn't matter who, just shove anyone in that spot, in the number one spot, um, and you still have Triple H win it in the exact same way, basically, and you have him win it and you point, have him do the point at WrestleMania sign that you always get, and, like, He's come back to win the Rumble because he wants one last go at WrestleMania. That works better, I think, than him winning the belt, even. I think this is a more heelish way to do it, and I think it. I think it sets it up a bit, a bit nicer. Oh no, um, I, I think no, I, I completely agree with for you. For me, I think this this is probably the best outcome they could have done. I think this is probably the best way because after after book reigns. A, in a different way it was better it would be perfect but I think this is the best thing they could probably could oh, have yeah. done but my my point being more is like if you have Triple H come out and his motivation is not that he wants to take Reigns out but his motivation is he wants one last go at Wrestlemania and he'll do anything to get it I would also that, find that interesting that's interesting but I don't think that's the heel run that they're going for I think it's interesting if that, you, it, no, no, because, because what you do is you know when Vincent Mann comes out earlier in the match and directs traffic with the League of Nations. Although it spoils the return, you have Triple H come out and direct traffic, and then you have Triple H join the match. Because you have Triple H use the League of Nations to eliminate a bunch of people for him, and he gets in the match and wins. And that keeps him a heel, but he's doing the whole I want to relive my youth thing. But he's he's reliving it in actually the classic Triple H way is that he's reliving it by surrounding himself with, as Max Landis put it, Power Ranger putties. 
Do you guys know what the putties from Power Rangers are? Peter probably doesn't. No, haven't no. a clue. No, not a clue. Did you watch Power? Did either of you watch Power Rangers or know anything about Power Rangers? Yeah, but I was free at the time, so it's a bit hazy in the mind. So they're like, but you know, there's the guys at the Power Rangers fight like every episode who are basically just cannon fodder, mm-hmm. who like they just take out with like one punch to the chest. Like Max Landis said this about all the groups that Triple H has been with. Basically, if you particularly if you look at DX, is he just surrounds himself with a bunch of guys who stand in front of him the whole time? Uh, yeah, that's been Triple H's career, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's that's kind of my point. It's like, and that's why if you have the League of Nations like her being directed by Triple H instead of um, Vince McMahon, you can kind of play that up as a heel mechanic still nicely. And he's just he's he's got this new group to back him up. Yeah, I still think he has that. Uh, but I like the surprise in number thirteen. No, I think that's true. Except so, for, uh, I think like, the only downside to it is it wasn't a surprise, was it? It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was predicted. Um, yeah. it was, it, I think it became 92 on betting favourite of the day of the Rumble. But it's, it's still a, it is still a surprise you turn. You have to have, the only two surprises really were Triple H and AJ Styles, but mm. it is a surprise in terms of the storyline. No, uh, I think that's true. I, I think in, in if you're talking kayfabe, it's a surprise. But kind of everyone expected it to happen, right? Like, that's the problem with it. Yeah, but it's not uh, it's not something expected that was bad. It was something expected that turned out pretty good. Mm. So I'm I'm ah. not really upset. I'm not upset about it. I also think that us knowing about that and expecting it is completely different to the WWE universe knowing about it and expecting. No, I think, it. I think that's, it, that's yeah. it probably was that's a big true. surprise for like maybe seventy five percent of the audience. Yeah. Um. What do we think? Uh, one of the things I noted because I. I work this all out no one got like a big run of eliminations this year like there wasn't one person who got loads of eliminations like there is sometimes uh no i think uh stroman get five and rain's got five five. yeah but no one got like loads which i thought was quite nice it kind of spread it about a bit yeah i think the list of people that got zero was quite telling yeah there's quite a lot at the end that got Mm. nobody yeah. I suppose that always happens as you get towards the end. But I mean, like, Brock Lesnar got, like, four guys, which is pretty why he got a zero. Yeah. 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 But he, he, he had his family do it, but that's that's interesting. I one. mean, if you look at it, because I've got, like, the Wyatt family get two uh, as working as a unit, but also Braun Strowman gets three, and Luke Harper gets two, like, individually. So between the Wyatts, that's, what, like, uh, seven eliminations between them, which is pretty solid. Uh, yeah, did Luke Harper not get more than that? I thought Luke Harper got... He uh, got four. He might have done, I might have, because I wrote these numbers out myself, so... Yeah, Harper got four. Oh, okay. Oh, no, but the, no, because their one, actually, the, if you're looking on that website, it, I grouped the Wyatt family as the Wyatt family. Oh, I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, so Wikipedia have done it as individual people, but I said, well, the Wyatt family was kind of like all three of them at once kicking people oh, out. Right. So I kind of just went, oh, it's the Wyatt family, wasn't it? It wasn't Luke Harper by himself. And I haven't counted those for Braun Strowman. Like, Luke Harper got two individually and Braun Strowman got three individually. Which I think if you take that as a, a lump, seven for the Wyatt family is pretty strong showing. Yeah. Um, I also thought the final four was pretty good. Of Triple H, Dean Ambrose, Sheamus and Reigns is kind of fine. Um, I did kind of, although I thought it was weird, the um, the spot where Reigns and Triple H are just hitting other people with finishes was kind of weird, but amused me at the same time. Yeah, it yeah. amused me that they buried Dolph Ziggler immediately. Yeah, but I was just like, 
Why are you not attacking each other? Why are you just staring at, at each other and hitting other people with finishes? But it was still funny. Uh, yeah, I thought that kind of worked as a show of power. It did, but I also just found it very odd that they didn't just go at it, you know? Well, not everybody can be as good as Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens yep. and AJ Styles. That is true. Um, so who do you think... Right, final question before we wrap this all up. Uh, unless anyone's got anything else I want to say about it, but I think we've covered it in quite a lot of depth. No? No, I think yep. uh, we've covered everything. Um, who would be your standout performer from the Rumble? From the whole show or from the Royal Rumble match? From, from the match. I know what Peter's going to say. <laughs> um, From the show... No, for, all right. It would be Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um. And for the actual match itself, I would maybe go. Maybe say Ambrose. I See, Ambrose I think I would say for the match itself, I might say maybe Ambrose, but maybe Luke Harper. I thought Luke Harper looked good. Actually, I thought Luke Harper looked better than Braun Strowman did. Yeah, I thought Harper looked good, but I thought Ambrose. He was always about the place for a while, and also maybe AJ Styles then, as well. The, the ending sequence with Triple H was great. Yeah, I think um, was. Do you know what's st- interesting? Styles was good, but the Styles did a lot of selling for our people. Yeah, which I felt like that he probably could have had a few more moves himself, but yeah. he's probably saving that for whatever he's got coming up. Um, I'll tell you what I did find interesting though is we we all had Kevin Owens in this match. Kevin Owens is in this match for like four and a half minutes. And eliminates, but he made an impact. And eliminates one guy. Yeah. But he still came out of it looking really good. Yeah, it's because what, it, when he was in the match, he had a bit of character. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not how long you're in the match. It's what you're doing when you're in there. Mm. But he was in there four minutes and it was really interesting. <clears throat> Jericho was in there 50 minutes and did bugger all, really. Oh, Jericho just, I don't know. I think there's a risk of Jericho embarrassing himself. <clears throat> yeah, he's, yeah. He's not, he's, he's not he's, the Jericho that he used to be. No, and he's very delusional about what he is now. Which yeah. is it's, it's a bit sad to see, if I'm honest. Yeah. But, yeah, Kevin Owens for the matches. But, yeah, I would say probably Ambrose for the for the full thing. Yeah, I, I, can, I can get on board with that. Like, uh, oh, just so you know, Fozzy did not have any tour dates currently booked. Good. Also, so in Fozzie, Jericho could go through WrestleMania then. In Fozzie's promotional picture, Jericho is wearing a jacket and a scarf, but no shirt. <laughs> oh, he's a fucking tet, isn't he? Because he's eating the shirt. As as we as we pointed out on the uh, on our last podcast, it's just a weird look. Wear a shirt, man. You're he's rich. Having, You're he's, wealthy. He's ha- you can afford a shirt. He is having a midlife crisis, isn't he? Yeah, that, well, the thing with Jericho is, and this is an interesting point that I had, I saw on Reddit, is Jericho having a midlife crisis, or is his character someone who is having a midlife crisis? And I am actually not sure. Uh, Jericho's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's almost started getting tattoos in the past few years. He's like stopped wearing shirts. He he's trying to go back to his youth and everything. I guess yeah. that's true. He's a 45-year-old man who shouldn't be wearing t- trunks anymore. Oh, he definitely shouldn't be wearing trunks. But, no. I, but I also kind of think, like, I do think they are... It, 
I I I but well, I want to believe that his character is quite self-aware. Like no. his the character he's playing on WWE because like when you look at him when he's the special guest referee and he like does that shitty cartwheel that he did. Um spots like that kind of make me think that he is playing this playing someone who knows they are a washed up star. But I'm also concerned that that's not it and he just doesn't realise that he's a bit of a washed up wrestler and is, to be fair, is a good interviewer on his podcast, I think, and is also, um, I, I presume, an adequate rock star. They seem, he, his band seem to be fairly popular. Oh, but he used to be so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And now he's not. Now he's just an a bit of an embarrassment. We shouldn't slag him off, though. I know someone who knows him, um, so we should be nice about him. Because then maybe he'll come on this podcast. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> or maybe he'll have yeah. us on his. I know. Yeah. I know the. Um, I think it's the drum tech for Fozzy. So huh. he he does hang out with Jericho a lot. I think it's just. Can you get like... him to pass a message on to Jericho for us? <laughs> Jericho, you're having a midlife crisis, man. Yeah, sort yourself out, lad. Yeah, it's nothing personal. It's just that he used to be so good and now he's obviously too old to be yeah. that good and obviously not training all the time and not in the ring all the time. Well, he, But she don't know that he's, he's doing he's, But he's doing DDP yoga all the time. Is he? Yeah, he talks about yeah. it on his podcast a lot. DDP um, had a heart scare after the Royal Rumble last year. I've stopped doing DDP yoga because I'm not convinced anymore. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of people that it seems to work quite well for, though. Mm. They're always talking about the people who lose like three hundred pounds doing it. Yeah, John Cena does it as well, and he's basically a machine. John Cena needs to do it because John Cena is just a John Cena is not a machine. John Cena is a man who is held together by bubble gum, and that's why he is out with a long term shoulder injury now. Uh, yeah, but I bet he heals in like three months quicker than anybody else would. He said it's going to be a long one this time. Really? Yeah, he tweeted that it's going to be a long one. Oh dear. Uh, probably because he's done that in the past and he's come back incredibly quickly and he probably yeah, shouldn't true. have. And this time he's like, no, I probably should actually let this heal. Yeah, Nikki Bella's out with a neck injury as well. So Nikki, Nikki Bella is having potentially life-threatening neck surgery. So she's Yeah, she's having surgery today, I yeah. think. I don't, I can't, sorry, career. I can't remember if it's life-threatening or career-threatening. It's one of the two. It's career-threatening. Okay. Career sure. That's much better. Yeah. Of, of the two options. Um. Uh, the, the thing with Nikki Bella is, though, I don't think it would threaten her career because she doesn't need to work, you know? No. Nope. Like, she, she's... Put her with Bree and it's fine. Yep. Put her as Bree's manager, essentially, and you're fine. Yep. You just don't have a wrestle. And, like, most of her stuff is just being on Total Divas. And she doesn't, she doesn't need to do anything there. She's just on, she's just on Total Divas. Peter, what, you watch Total Divas. What do they do on do. Total Divas? Uh, they bitch about each other. A does, lot. Does anything happen? They talk about wishing that they could go to WrestleMania. I mean, obviously, John. It's it's the best version of John Cena is on Total Divas. I'm aware of this, but <laughs> yeah, John Cena. That's the for me. That's the best thing about Total Divas because obviously it's a bullshit scripted show that's yeah. meant to look like reality TV, and it's obviously yeah. not. I yeah. mean, last on the season finale of last season and carried on into the first episode of this season that just started back last week. Um, not that I'm a super fan right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolph Ziggler basically proposed to Nikki Bella and offered to give her babies. Huh. 
Weird. Uh, yeah, just out of the blue, like that, because they used to date like eight, ten years ago. But he was dating Summer Bray. <laughs> or was he dating like, Who's dating Lana? Uh, yeah. Who's um, really engaged to Rusev? There's a lot going on here. It's a tangled web. Yeah. But the most interesting thing is that you get to see, like, for example, in the first couple of episodes of this Total Divas, you get to see, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, Tyson Kidd. Oh, yeah. Um, See, it's confusing because Tyson Kidd in Total Divas is called TJ because that's his actual name. Yeah, TJ Wilson. Um, So you kind of have to translate the names. Is Daniel Bryan called Brian in it or is he called Daniel? The they. A lot of the time they call him Brian. Most of them call him Brian. Sometimes okay. people call him... Uh, it's usually like, obviously his family and friends and stuff all call him Brian. But yeah. um, when he's being talked about in terms of coming in back, they quite often call him Daniel. But also I will say Daniel Bryan has a much better name than Brian Danielson. Yeah. But that's the other thing. I mean, you get to see him as well a lot more. Like you see more of him on Total Divas than you do on Raw over the past six months. Oh man, but yeah, the, I've seen. But Daniel Bryan on it is just—he's pretty much the same dude. And um, yeah. Tyson Kidd seems to be very similar kind of guy. Uh, whereas uh, John Cena is, from the clips I've seen of him on Total Divas, seems fucking amazing. Yeah, John Cena's just like this weird, almost like he's <laughs> almost like a Zen master. He keeps getting like Nikki will have some big crisis in the Divas division. And then she'll explain it to John Cena and John Cena will say like some weird, like maxim. Mm. And then she goes, oh yeah, that's completely made me rethink everything that I thought about this. And then she goes back and fixes it all. Yep. And that's why John Cena is the best on that So show. she keeps kind of just coming back to John Cena and he says, hmm, but is that really what you think? And then she goes, oh my God, you're so right. And then everything's okay. Did you see the one where John Cena was like, they were playing beer pong and stuff? Yes. That's the best. I've seen. That's the only episode where I've seen a significant portion of it, and I was like, "This is incredible." John <laughs> Cena is amazing and doesn't give a shit about his girlfriend's feelings. He's yep. just gonna beat her at everything. Yep, because he can. <laughs> um, it's also it's quite ki- like, amusing. It's, it's like, the, the best thing about that episode. Sorry, it's just just that she is clearly getting more and more infuriated, and he refuses to let her win. Yep. And then he comes out with, like, a, a frat boy character called, like, the Zeke or something. <laughs> uh, and plays beer pong and, like, destroys her at beer pong. Oh, he's great. He's great. He's such a nerd and it's really funny. <laughs> I love him. I love well, the, the, you get to see his house as well in the first few seasons of Total Divas. It was quite odd seeing his house and the fact that he made her sign a contract before she moved in with him. Yeah. It said that if... He asked her to. She had to leave the house with like 48 hours notice. Yeah, that's um, kind of weird. And he has an elevator between his dressing room and his bedroom. That's super weird. Yeah. I mean... Dude can take the stairs. The man only wears jorts. Yeah. How much of a dressing room does he need? Yes. That's true. <laughs> What's he doing? He's got jorts and high tops. And yeah. that's all the space he needs. Yeah. But he has this massive dressing room. Is it just like... Actually, no, because he's got a lot of shirts. I suppose, yeah, he has. He's got a like thousand fluorescent shirts. He's got. <laughs> oh, his wardrobe would blind you. <laughs> uh, you, you. You must have to have like the shirts must be behind a shield or something, so you just wouldn't be able to see in when you walked into the room. Otherwise, tinted glass. Yeah. You open the wardrobe and it's like another screen you have to open. Yeah, 
you're like, okay, before you get the shirts on, you have to put the, the shades on. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's just, it's a protection thing that the lawyers say. Um, oh, John Cena's great. Yeah, Total so, Divas isn't. It's total shit. Nobody should watch it. Yeah, but you watch it constantly. I don't, yeah, I don't want anybody to think that I'm advocating for Total Divas. It's fucking terrible. Oh, but you, you tricked your wife into watching wrestling via watching Total Divas and now you're stuck. Yes, now we still have to watch Total Divas every week. Yeah. All right, I anyway. get text messages when she's at work. Have you, have you got Total Divas yet? Can we get that tonight? Oh, Jesus. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap this podcast up. Did we like the Royal Rumble overall quickly? Yes, no. Peter? Yeah. Colin? Yes. I also liked it overall. I, I know I had like booking issues where I suggested alternatives, but I think it was a pretty good show overall. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for this week. We will be back uh, soon. I don't know if we'll do anything between now and Fastlane, maybe. Um, but we will definitely be back with a pre-Fastlane thing. Uh, and hopefully by then I'll be more convinced by the uh, Roman Reigns and Triple H feud that is presumably going to be what leads us into WrestleMania. Um, but for now, if you want to get hold of us on Twitter, you can get us at... Um, by God blog that's b-y-g-a-w-d blog on twitter you can get us at bygod.tumblr.com you can get me on twitter's halpris h-a-l-b pro you can get colin as bar 66 which is bar with two r's why is it 66 we've been over this i forget ah uh, are you a fan of the english winning the world cup um you won the world cup i, I seem to remember the ball not crossing a line at some point but anyway you think if they'd won the world cup they would have mentioned it since yeah i know like, uh, you, you can't cup. talk no 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 english english had never mentioned did you all win the world cup anyway why is it 66 66 because six is a marking number and but it just sounds stupid one six oh okay that's fine yeah it's not very imaginative yeah. it's my name with a number uh, and you get Peter as Colossal Blue, and that's obviously... See, that's very imaginative. It's because he's big and blue. Yep. Yeah. He's basically a giant smurf. Um, <laughs> anyway. Those dye packs that they put in the bank. Bank. Bags <laughs> at the bank. Yep. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>